When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. future we're talking real money i'm here to save you the trouble of reading a lot of the stupid stuff out there that you don't want to read i read it so you don't have to what am i referring to all of these stories about the best things to own going forward the best stocks the best bonds the best this the best that you know you know what i'm talking about uh as a matter of fact just today I was reading an article in on it's a it was a sponsored piece I think it was on Apple News or something and it is the 3 must have Invesco mutual funds for a steady portfolio. And I see these all the time and so I thought I would go back this is from Zacks which is a rating firm. And they claim that their ratings are just amazing. But the reality is everybody claims their ratings are amazing and that they have some miraculous power to predict the future, which you and I know they do not have. We know that, right? Well, I know that. I hope you know that. So I set out to go back to the beginning of 2020 to see what they suggested back then. Uh, these are based on the Zacks ranking of mutual funds. And these are funds that achieved a strong buy Zacks ranking and have, quote, low fees. <laughs> and that, that part just cracks me up. This is from Yahoo Finance. Yahoo. Low fees? Come on. The lowest fee, one of the bunch. There are three funds. Fidelity Growth Strategies Fund, the Valak Company 2 Social Responsible Fund, and the Principal Large Cap Growth iShares Fund. The lowest expense ratio is Fidelity Growth Strategies at 0.54%. The second lowest is Valak at 0.56%. And the principal fund has an expense ratio of 1.16%. So I thought I would put them to the test. Let's go back in time. The This list of funds came out at the beginning of January 2020. So let's look at the last full year of performance for the three of them and see how they did relative to their benchmark. Did they have a stellar 2020, as was predicted by Zach's? Well... The Fidelity Growth Strategies Fund underperformed its index by 6% in 2020. Oh, that expense ratio didn't pay off. Now, did it? It's an act. These are all actively managed funds with limited portfolios. And uh, let's see, that's the first one. It underperformed by 6 Let's take a look at that Valak Fund. How did it do against its index? Now, this is a socially responsible fund, but still you want them to make money. It 
underperformed its index by 5%. And finally, the principal large cap growth, which was the most expensive with an expense ratio of over 1%, actually did the best of the bunch, underperforming its index by 3%. However, you notice a trend. These were the hot funds picked at the beginning of 2020, and they turned out to be less hot. And let's just for the sake of comparison, remember the fees, half a percent, half a percent, over 1%. Let's compare that to the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Admiral Shares, $3,000 minimum investment, with an expense ratio of, <laughs> this is the U.S. fund, ready? 0.04% for one hundredths of 1%. And it, why, what an amazing coincidence that this fund actually matched its index identically. Totally matched it. It performed exactly like the index. I wonder why that is. Oh, oh, wait, it has the name index in the portfolio. So you get the performance of the index, you get it with less money, and the more expensive funds, while sometimes they may beat their index, other times they fail miserably. And the reality is long-term, in practical, as a practical matter, as an investor, all of the evidence points to one pretty solid fact. You will not pick the best fund for the future. You may have picked the best fund from the past, but as this shows, those hot funds from the past don't necessarily, as a matter of fact, don't even often repeat in subsequent years. So stop chasing after what's hot. You can save a lot of time. If you see an article that says the hottest funds, the hottest stocks for, you can just skip that. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. We love your questions. You can call them in or you can send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. So do one of those things. And here is today's first question. The subject, how much cash? Hi, Tom and Don. Thanks for all you do. You had a good segment on the bucket approach, which, like you, I find unnecessarily confusing. But it raises a good question. In the context of a stock-slash-fixed-income portfolio, how much cash do you recommend? Thanks. Well, we actually don't recommend a percentage of cash. So basically, in relation to a well-balanced portfolio, cash is not really a part of the portfolio. Fixed income is part of the portfolio. Cash, that stuff that makes no money, that you have set aside for emergency purposes, should be appropriate for your situation. I'll give you an example. Let's say you work in, a, in an industry where there are regularly big layoffs. Construction, for example. You may want to have a lot more emergency money saved than someone who feels like they have a very secure corporate job, you know, been there for a long time, or you know, is in, in a doctor or a lawyer. You, know, you may only need six months or eight months or nine months, 
But in, in some cases, you're going to need a year, maybe more. So it really depends on your situation. The right amount of cash is specific to your situation and what you think your future needs might be. That's the, the reason for cash is to keep you from touching your portfolio, except in the most dire emergency. Otherwise, we generally don't need a lot of cash. Enough to pay our bills for a while. Thanks for the note. I really appreciate it. You can also record your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can record them, too, by calling 855-935-TALK. But you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com, and there's a little button you can push allowing you to record your question through your computer just like this. Hey, guys. My name is Mike, and I have a question for you about making my Roth IRA contribution this year. I like to do it at the beginning of the year, if possible, so that I can maximize the amount of time that it has to compound. I make it as a backdoor Roth contribution. Not that that really matters in this scenario. But what I'm thinking about doing this year is using some of my taxable wealth front savings that is earmarked for retirement anyway and using that um, to fund the Roth IRA contribution instead of touching my emergency fund and cash savings, which I'd have to do. So that wealth front account has tax loss harvesting on it. So what I imagine that they would do is sell some assets at a loss to minimize the cap gains implication. And while I know that I would have to pay some amount in capital gains, uh, I'm wondering if there are any other reasons that you guys can come up with why I should not do that. So I appreciate your time. Thanks. This kind of ties into the last question. Most people don't leave a lot of cash sitting around for funding of IRA, Roth IRA contribution. So if you don't have it, then of course you should use money from your wealth front taxable account. Because except for whatever tax liability you might have, you are going to be moving for a long period of time, I would imagine, into an account that will grow tax free. So there's a benefit, even if you have a little bit of a loss to capital gains taxes. And remember, you only pay capital gains. We have to. We all need to remember this. We only pay capital gains taxes when we make money. That's a good thing. We did well. We shouldn't mind paying a little bit. And if you're not in a really high bracket, it's going to be minimal, the amount you pay, particularly if there are some tax loss harvesting strategies incorporated into that process. So uh, don't feel bad about taking it out of your Wealthfront taxable account. Feel really good about it because except for this minor little setback of a bit of a tax now, that future growth without any tax liability for years or decades is going to make you a lot more money long term. Thanks again for your question. Thank you all for being a part of the podcast. I do appreciate you being there. Tom and I both do. And we hope you'll continue to listen and you'll tell your friends. Also, we hope you'll join us in February, February 20th, for our seventh annual retire meet. And this is the first time everybody in the country can attend. We call it Retire Meet America 2021 because we're going to do it virtually for everybody in the country, which is good for all of you podcast listeners, because, you know, I'm looking at your notes. You're all over the country. In fact, we've got people, I think, now from like 30 or 40 states signed up. It's somewhere between 30 and 40. We'll get most of the country, I imagine, and that'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun. We've got speakers on uh, me on building wealth, Tom on creating income, 
and then folks on Social Security, Medicare, long-term care, consumer issues. Uh, oh, we've got Paul Merriman as a keynote speaker, and then a bonus keynote speaker. We were thrilled to be able to get David Booth, who is the founder of Dimensional Funds. So we've got a great lineup, wonderful guests, and the best thing about it is wherever you are, you can attend. The only thing you have to do is make your own sandwich or make your own lunch or order something in for yourself. But the good news is there's no cost. It's really free. So it's totally free. So go to retiremeat.com, retiremeat.com. There's more information there. Sign up there, and uh, we'll be getting together on February 20th. Thanks again for being here. Oh, by the way, if you like what you hear, or if you don't, hope you like it, uh, the best thing you can do for us and for others is to leave a review at Apple Podcasts. They're the big podcast behemoth. So, uh, in fact, I don't know how many others actually even allow reviews. So if you can, that'd be great. We'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Take good care of yourselves. Spread the word. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.